miserable existences were in his hands, and that most of them would not survive the experience. The translation systems are working, and eight of the prisoners seem to accept their predicament. However, the two humans seem to think they had a choice. We will not fight for your amusement, said the shorter one, now standing up and staring with worrying calm at the custodian. I were not some dogs for you to tell what to do, said the one in the skirt. What if we choose not to fight, eh? Then you will die, is what the custodian should have said. He realized later, as he was walking back up the corridor. As it was, he simply stared for a moment, then turned and walked away. Why couldn't we have taken one of the cat people, he thought to himself, instead of another human? Why did it have to be another human? Jamie turned to the other man in the cell. You look like you're from Earth. So do you, replied the man, smiling wryly. But I thought they said they only took one from each world. Jamie turned to look at the other inhabitants of the cell. None looked as if they came from the same species. Aye, I did. Whereabouts are you from? Okinawa. The name meant nothing to Jamie. The man didn't seem surprised. Japan, he elaborated. Where are you from, friend? Scotland. I'm Jamie McCrimmon. Jamie offered his hand, and the man shook it, smiling. Funakoshi Gishin, he said. Pleasure to meet you, Funakoshi. Silently, Jamie hoped that the Doctor and Zoe were all right. The Doctor and Zoe hoped that Jamie was all right. They were trying to work out what had happened to him. Some of the nearby happy families told them that he'd just disappeared into thin air. A patch of scorched grass in front of the TARDIS suggested to Zoe one of several possible explanations. Could he have been teleported? Uh, uh, no, <clears throat> no I, I don't think so, said the doctor, who was looking elsewhere. Uh, teleportation is a very tricky science. Uh, not many races have mastered it. And even if these people had a teleportation beam that fine, it would have generated an intense amount of heat. Enough to scorch the grass where someone stood by any chance? Asked Zoe, looking pointedly at the blackened grass. Oh, yes, I, uh, <clears throat> I should imagine so, said the doctor absently. Then he followed Zoe's gaze. Oh, my word. Jamie's been teleported. Funakoshi was going to be a schoolteacher. Jamie wondered how a schoolteacher in training could potentially be the most capable warrior on Earth. But Furukoshi seemed to be from his future anyway, so things were probably quite different then. Their other cellmates had slowly become talkative. Some were soldiers, some were warriors, and all of them had heard of the war world of Combatia. It travelled across the galaxy, snatching up whosoever it pleased to fight for its overlord's pleasure. Apparently, no one ever escaped from Combatia. Furukoshi pointed out to them that just because something had never been done, it wasn't necessarily impossible. Even so, only he and Jamie seemed willing to contemplate any chance of escape. Before they could persuade the others further, the custodian returned, flanked by armoured guards carrying electrified whips. The overlord wishes to see battle, the custodian told them. Four of his new arrivals, two against two, unto the death. He pointed to two of the prisoners, a hulking grey-skinned brute who had introduced himself as Markan, and a creature named Kel, who seemed human until Jamie saw his skin rippling with lightning. You two, said the custodian, against the two humans. Jamie could see that he had chosen Kel and Markan as the two combatants he thought most dangerous. Clearly he wanted Jamie and Funakoshi dead. Looking at their opponents, Jamie was worried he might get his wish.
Once the doctor realised that Jamie had been teleported, he immediately set to working out the boy's destination. Zoe stood at the side of the console, watching as he tried to establish the teleport beam's trajectory. She was fairly sure she should have been the one doing it, but the doctor didn't like her using the TARDIS controls. Aha! he cried at last, straightening up from the console and grinning. I think I've found him. Where? Zoe hurried over to read the coordinates. But that's deep space, she said, checking them against the charts on the scanner screen. He's probably on a craft or a space station of some kind. The doctor was already fiddling with controls on the far side of the console. But how are we going to get to him? Zoe asked. I mean, we can hardly use the TARDIS. I don't see why not, said the doctor, a little indignantly. But you can't control it, she blurted out. Can't control it? Can't control it? The doctor seemed almost angry at the notion. <coughs> of course I can control it. He was calmer now, but still indignant. And besides... If I lock the TARDIS directly onto the source of the teleport beam, there's no way we can go astray. Zoe still had one question. Doctor...